episode is about and what is going on. I did record this episode on November 21st and I am posting it a little over a month later on December 26th. So a lot has happened since then and I will do a recap on about what has happened since then. But I thought that this recording was really worthy for my healing journey and for my viewers to hear on this digital diary that I'm calling Talking About the Taboo. And I hope you really like it. Talk to you soon. Big sigh. Big sigh. Um, It has been a long time since I have attempted to post on my podcast. Um, Before I I even get started, I want to introduce myself. I am Natalie Malloy. I am the facilitator and or owner of Talking About the Taboo here on Spotify. I am currently a senior studying psychology and communications, looking to be a relationship, uh, marriage counselor slash life coach, and I talk about things that people don't like to talk about or are uncomfortable talking about, and I'm currently never uncomfortable to talk about anything, and that is what I am here for. But today I'd like to preface that I am currently on a healing journey. And I know that's so stereotypical, it's all over social media, healing this and healing that, but it's true. I am. And every journey is 100% a spectrum, it's not linear, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of cracks in the foundation, but we work with it. We really do. On the basis of talking about the taboo, today we're going to talk about my journey. So I'm currently going to be using the next couple of episodes in my podcast for a diary, for a journal. And I will completely speak, no notes, right, 100% off the top of my head like I'm doing now, to really give you a snapshot of who I become. And a little backstory, I had been in a relationship since I was 14 years old. I'm 21. That's a long time. And it was two relationships in that period of time. One was five, one was two and a half. The five-year relationship was very much of a lust relationship, a childhood relationship, and the second one was that toxic relationship. The one that's extremely hard to get over, the one that changes you and completely rips away the entirety of who you are and what you know. And it takes away your peace that you once had. And that's the one that I will be talking about majority. But remember, I need to heal from both my five-year and my two-and-a-half-year relationship, but the one that's very fresh is the two-and-a-half-year relationship. Now, I I won't be bashing him. I won't be speaking of his name, his friend's names, nothing like that. This is completely for me. It is not for him, and it's not for anybody else to go and, you know, bash him either. This is for me. I've noticed a lot of the times... We find ourselves extremely angry with how much we've let go, how much we've let ourselves go for somebody else. And he was really my other person. I was extremely codependent on him, and I believe he was extremely codependent on me, yet he's an anxious avoidant, and I am an anxious attachment style. So he's got a mixture, mostly avoidant. And anytime there was an 
issue, if we wanted to talk about something, he was completely avoidant, would walk away, run away, and me, I don't, I don't like the feeling of being abandoned, so immediately I got like, oh my god, you hate me, you don't love me, you're running away, when really he just needed time by himself, and it, it just was so conflicting, so conflicting. In two and a half years, we probably broke up seven times. The longest we've been separate was six months. In that six months, a lot of bad things happened to me. Um, I tried to forget him, but I ended up I ended up calling him. And we ended up, once the school year started up again, we ended up getting back together. And I don't, I don't also want to say that I don't regret any of the things that I went through with him. Him and I, now, again, I'm going to cry on this because it's a completely me healing but him and I did so much fun things we the best thing I'll never forget is we traveled in my car for two weeks all over Florida and we slept in my car and we had the best time oh god in Key West I got drunk for the first time with him <laughs> It was great. And I'll hold on to those good times. But I also need to hold on to the bad times and what I've learned from that. And I'm not sitting here saying that I'm a saint either. And I was also toxic. But I wasn't the only toxic one. And I felt as if a lot of blame for my reaction to his actions were the problem he would never want to sit down and ask what triggered me but instead he wanted to focus on how I reacted or my action he had said to me that I I got violent at the end when in and since the beginning he's punched things around me he's thrown things on the ground um and he knows that he's doing these things because he talks about them it, he doesn't like the feeling of taking accountability for it. He'll, he'll try to somewhat take accountability and then kind of reverse it back to my action that I did. Um, just to, you know, have his back to save himself. I remember one time he smashed the cup, a mason jar cup of coffee because I made him angry. I don't remember what I made him angry about. And I mean, that's kind of hypocritical of me to be like, I don't remember what he's angry about, but he did this action. Um... Most of the time, it's like I didn't respond right, whatever, whatever. Um, but I remember him he, him cleaning up his own mess. And the next day, I stepped on a piece of glass and I started bleeding on my foot. And I'm just like, oh my god. And I look around my house and I saw that. And currently, I did move back to my parents' house. I'm no longer in that house. We did live together for a little bit, but it was too much for me um, money-wise and emotional memories there I've had a couple of roommates there and he was my last and I just couldn't stay there's too many memories the glass on the floor the walls everything and over these past couple of weeks it's been extremely hard to bring acceptance to the situation that him and I are no longer together and most likely we will never be back together because we did not bring out the best in each other we weren't meant to be and I loved 
loved that man. And I still love that man. So much. Oh my gosh. I still do. Despite anything he's, he's said or done to me. Him and I broke up um, in September. I think it was like September 13th or something. And here's why. I am insecure. And I'm very aware of that. But our relationship sort of started off on a lie. And I'll get into that later. And it was in the time when we weren't really together and I just got out of a relationship and I told him that, you know, I was just trying to be there to teach him things and I was trying to be funny. Um, but I ended up accidentally falling in love with him. He was talking to some girls at the time, you know, he never really got like too far, but it was like cuddling with them or whatever. And we were watching a movie that night, September 13th of this year, and a girl came up on his Snapchat and he was cuddling with her and all these pictures and I'm like, what the hell? Like, this was the, this was our exact time when him and I, you know, were like talking. Like, what the heck? You told me that like you were done, you know, I just, just, it just came out of nowhere. And, um, he didn't like that. I was getting all mad and ruining the night with seeing his phone and, you know, I mean, we weren't together, so I, I shouldn't have been mad, I guess. And so I got up to go to the bathroom because I was just like being my attitude, you know, and then I heard my stuff being thrown on the ground. Sorry, I'm talking really slow because this is a process for me. I heard my stuff being thrown on the ground and... I walked back. His lights was off. He was turned over. And he was like, I'm not talking to you tonight like this. I'm not talking to you tonight like this. And I immediately got extremely upset. Um, it came at a point when I had an attitude problem. And completely, he shuts it off, turns it down, does not want to. He wants to dodge a fight 100%. So I was like hitting the bed sheets, you know, like on the side, the end of the bed. Like, get up, get up get up come on man like get up we're talking about this right now he's like no I'm not talking to you right now and I'm like get up we need to talk about this right now because like I knew that it was my attitude problem that was bothering him um and I just wanted to talk it out and I was like get up so I took the blanket off of him and he he whipped up got immediately in my face I'm in the doorway at this time excuse me and um he's like get the fuck out of my room and I was like no we're talking about this right now get the f he's like he's continuously telling me to get out and I didn't listen and I should have listened I really should have listened um and I was like okay okay like can I get my tea can I get my phone my stuff was still in his room some of it he didn't throw all of it out um he was like closing the door on me and so I I'm like in between the door and the frame you know while he's trying to close my like, let me get my stuff let me get my stuff and he says get the fuck out of my room he lifts me up and throws me on the ground to get me away and I'm screaming screaming like why'd you put your hands on me get off of me um my upstairs neighbor Ashley is coming downstairs already like are you okay are you okay she heard the whole thing everything and um I got to listen to it back because he <laughs> recorded it he knew 
that him throwing my stuff was going to make me upset and he didn't know how I was going to react, so he recorded it. An enticing situation. But before he tried to leave that night, he didn't leave, but before he tried to leave, he wanted to play that back for me and told me he wanted to use that in court against me when in the video clearly states he is trying to tell me he got out of his room, but I needed my phone or whatnot. And you can hear me saying, get off of me, boom, and then I hit the ground. The moment it happened, he immediately gaslit me to believe that it did not happen. Immediately. Told me, I didn't throw you, I put you there. But you put your hands on me. Was that necessary? I didn't call the cops that night. And I knew because if I did call the cops, his life would be ruined and he tried to throw it in my face all the time. That night that if I if I called the cops, I'd ruin his life, whatever. Like, you did what you did. That's why your life is ruined. I'm not the reason why your life is going to be ruined. So right there was the end of our relationship. We had to live together for about a month and a half um, due to the lease and him finding a new apartment and whatnot. Um, I immediately started packing up my belongings. Um, well, about like a week or two later because I was kind of in, you know, denial about the entire thing. Extreme denial about the entire thing, actually. <laughs> um... Him and I, you know, we tried to be nice and civil. We got in arguments again. We tried, you know, we, we had sex a couple of times and I didn't always like myself for that. Um, but it felt good in the moment because it was something that was comfortable. So that's my dog in the background, um, who's also my best friend. <laughs> um, it was something that was comfortable for me and him. And um, he still did aftercare. He still did everything like he normally would. And I, I, we were falling back into that cycle. And then the time that we actually moved out, Hardest day ever. Hardest day ever. Seeing that apartment empty. And him, he was the last person in it because I had to go. The truck was packed and everything. And the next day I had to come to the house just to grab a few extra things, pick up the dog uh, stuff in the backyard. And him and I had sex for the last time in that house. In that house, rather. We were trying to figure out this stupid friends with benefits thing. You know, we didn't want to let each other go. Some time went by and we ended up meeting at his new apartment and we had sex again. And that was like a great night for me, at least. It did feel wrong, but it also felt right because I was with him and we were talking and we were smoking and eating Chipotle and we had sex and I mean, just talking about the taboo, you know, so he made me... He made me feel great. Let's just put it at that, you know? The next day I needed to talk to him the next day. It was November 8th. And we ended up having sex and he stopped in the middle of it and I asked him, well, you know, what's going on? I didn't feel like having sex. I was like, oh, okay. So I thought we could just like let it go. It was like a miscommunication because I wasn't in the mood either and I thought we needed to have sex every single time we saw each other and... And then he just started going on about what's wrong with our relationship. What are we doing? And, you know, he was, he was speaking truth. He, 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 he was in the right mind at this time. I don't want to sit here and say he wasn't because he was right. Like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? We're broken up. We're toxic. You know, he was right in this moment and I just didn't want him to be. So I got so upset. But then, you know, he said some shitty things. Like he told me that he can cut me off like anybody else. And, um, you know, made me feel so unwanted and unspecial. 
And it's like, I saw him so much in a different light at that point. And the next day we had one last conversation. And he tapped me on the shoulder and walked away and I haven't talked to him in about a week and a half. It's only been a week and a half since I fully have not talked to him and it, it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. So this is my healing journey. This is me finding myself. I am completely celibate. I am completely no connections romantically with anybody. I'm not falling into that trap of using somebody else to get over somebody else because sure as hell doesn't come doesn't fucking work, does it? But he already let another girl twerk on him at the bar and he told me that about two days before he moved out. And I completely went on a two and a half hour rant blaring music and he heard the whole thing about how fucking pissed I was. But how mad can I really be? I mean, we weren't together, right? I just wish he would have waited. And that's the last thing I said to him was, I'm so upset for you because you couldn't wait that month. Recently, I lost my grandmother to an extremely, extremely tragic car accident. And... He tried to give me a little bit. He gives a little, takes a little. So he drove me to the hospital, tried to act a little bit awkwardly concerned, drove my dad back home. Um, and then we were trying to change subjects. So he was bringing up his job opportunity the next day. And I was like, oh, cool. And he was like, it doesn't seem like you're happy. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm going through something right now. And he was like, well, I'd appreciate it if you, you know, you'd respond um, not better or whatever. He started going on a rant again. He started working out, blurring music, belittling me, telling me nobody loves me. Mom doesn't love me. My stepdad doesn't love me. You're going to get kicked out of your house. Just going off and off. Excuse me. My sister comes over, you know, does it back to him. Belittle, belittle, belittle. Who are you? How dare you? We just lost our grandmother. Have a heart. You don't have a heart. Whatever. And he was like, excuse me. I don't talk to bitches. He called my cousin and my sister a bitch. Bitches threatened my grandmother's stuff and my grandfather's stuff in the basement that was being held because they were in a trailer and all of their belongings we had to go pick it up it was just awful and you know when he told me that he let a girl twerk with him at the bar and I was like at what point at what point did you do that because at no point throughout the month we were still having sex majority of it besides like two three weeks of that month and a half so what's going on you know what I'm saying what's going on um I got really upset so I'm still hurt by that, but I'm letting it go because he was ready to move on and I wasn't. I was his first love. He was my second and I felt extreme, extreme deep love with, love with him and I think he was just lusted into me. I don't think he fully loved me and I think, you know, that's that. And I, I fully believe that, that I, it, it's karma and that I deserve every bad thing that's ever happened to me, but God damn that's not true just because I'm not a perfect person doesn't mean I get to be treated like inhuman I, I get to be treated like that like I'm trying to give him excuses for his actions and I just I mean I can go on and on about this but the first order of business was to do, go no contact with him and if I can give anyone advice go no contact um he initiated it we did have a couple of text messages um back and forth to each other and in that in that time we last spoke to each other he told me that the last the last time we got back together he didn't really want to he just felt bad for me because i had lost my best friend she betrayed me and i'm still not friends with her and i won't be friends with her ever again you know don't let somebody show you twice that they don't want you in their life you know and i, I hold to that man
<laughs> we'll do that. Um, yeah. So him telling you that was hurtful, and then I text him about it, and he told me that never happened, you know. Typical. Ah, oh, typical. <laughs> you know, he almost told me to shut the fuck up that night, and, you know, he tells me to shut the fuck up a lot, and he caught himself saying it, and he was like, would you just fucking listen to me, you know, and he's getting, getting into his, you know, grinding anger issues. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think I have anger issues too, but damn. Anyways, first word of business was to go no contact, and I am currently no contact for about a week and a half. It'll be two weeks on Wednesday. Wednesday, Thursday. Because of the text messages. Um, extremely hard. Uh, yesterday, I went through my notes section, and I found a list of things that said ways to work on us. And um, let me pull it up real quick just to read you some of the things that were there. And the first one said, hug him for one minute before bed each night. Um, when someone is expressing an emotion or feeling or ranting, ask if they want comfort, solution, or silence. We did start doing this, but it always fell off. Um, nothing worth having comes easy. These are just like realizations for me to remember. Um, making connection to things that are two separate situations. Like I would do that, you know, I would, it would remind me of something else. He'd get upset about it. The last thing you want is to lose me, um, but why are you not treating me like you want to keep me? I don't want to find these feelings that I have for you and someone else. It's just like 100% try to hear you out, but I have to. you have to let me hear you out. Um, we're, I was talking about deflecting. It's just like I'd read this whole list to him, and if you don't know what deflecting is, it's to attack or blame another person rather than accepting criticism or blame for your own actions. So he would always do that to me. I mean, the moment he threw me on the floor, he was he was... Um, telling me that it was my fault because he, I wasn't being insecure and I was bothering about his phone. I was ruining the whole night and how dare I because he brought me a heating pad and tea and stuff like that for when I had cramps and, um, you know, that doesn't account for the fact that you, you put your hands on me, you threw me on the floor, you know, I ended up having bruises on my arm, my inner arm from his thumb and on my side of my leg from the, um, leg of a chair that I fell on. So... Uh, yeah, me being insecure doesn't really account for you putting your hands on me. And that was deflecting right there. We talked about that. That list was written a long time ago. Um, and obviously nothing has changed since then. So that was a realization for me. Definitely cried last night. My second order of business is this podcast, of course. I'm using it as an out loud journal. Out loud journal. I do write as well, but I have a lot of schoolwork. And so I kind of focus my writing into that and my speaking into this. And tomorrow I have counseling and I think I'm going to use my counseling as also a form of therapy for this relationship and healing me and finding out who I am. And I'm going to get a journal or use a journal and write down all of the bad things he's ever done to me. So in case I start thinking about the good times, I remember that and I look at that and I'm like, okay, this is, this is, this is not a man who cares about you, Natalie. He did this. He did this, this, that, and the other. He made you feel like this. He blamed you for this, whatever, whatever. And of course, I want to remember the good times. And I have a list on my phone that says I love you because. And one of them is that like you peeled my pistachios for me or you helped me put on an outfit at a party using your clothes because I was uncomfortable what I was wearing. You know, he did some really, really nice things for me, but he also gives a little and takes a lot. And he gave a little love and took a lot of it away. And that's something I will never forget. I remember that. I will remember so 
writing this list is how I am now going to be learning my own thought processes. So I'm in a class called Creative Foundations like for Creativity um, at school, and I have learned a shit ton about who I am. You know, we talk about relationships, but we also, we tie it very much to, you know, the actual class material. We talk about person, process, um, press, and... I'm learning my process. I'm also learning myself as a person, who I am as a person, what are my characteristics? Because creativity is is more than just, you know, art. It, it is the way of thinking. Again, that ties back to your process. And I, since I was 14 years old, have been completely shut off from my own process. process. I've relied on another person's process to get me through my press, presses in my environment. Okay? So, this class was a complete godsend because in this time, if I didn't have this class, when I got this relationship, I'm not sure I'd be thinking about it the proper way. I'm, I'm sure I would stay the toxic tendencies in my head. I would tell myself that I deserve every bad thing that's happened to me. It's like a counseling session in this class, but I'm learning so much and I will definitely tie this and I'm going to miss everybody in this class when it ends because I will tie this to my life like I am now. I have to learn my process and in class the other day, one of my classmates, his, name's, his name is Alejandro, brought up um, Eckbell's 10 characteristics for a creative environment. Part of these environments is trustworthiness, conflict, challenge, play, etc, etc. He said that, you know, I, he's an actor and he goes, he goes to school and whatnot and he uses, he uses this in his teaching and... Um, he also noticed that this is exactly what you need in a relationship. You need that conflict. You need them to challenge you. You also need trustworthiness. You also need playfulness. Be fun. And, you know, he really awakened my eyes and thoughts. And I'm like, wow, yes. And if you don't have a balance of all 10 of those, your relationship is in detrimental despair at that point. Because you need a balance. A relationship is a creative environment, a process that you need to learn. And if you were relying on one process, when you're actually supposed to be relying on two and merging them together, you're finding yourself in a deep pit. And that's where I found myself. I completely relied on somebody else's way of thinking. I was still in my own environment, my own press. I kind of knew who my person was, but I was also blowing that off and saying that I wasn't a good person or whatever. And I've been told that I have a very negative outlook on the world. I mean, for reason, but damn, take the, what the world gives you and make that lemonade. You know, you've heard that a million times, so it's damn true. So that's exactly what I'm going to be using. I'm going to be using what I'm throwing myself into, which is my studies, and tie it to my real life because a lot of the times it does tie. I've always done that. I've always used my papers for better reasonings. You know, I've researched things that I'm very interested in, not just to get the, the assignment done. I actually use it for my bettering. I keep them, I keep the essays, I read them. It's time to find out who I am. It's time to learn my own process. It's time to believe in the person that I am. It's time to have a very healthy press. And without that, 
mindset that I'm going to be having. You know, I'm not going to get very far in this journey. I like to say that time's never in my favor, but really it is this time. It is this, it is this time. I'm really excited to see how this podcast plays out and how much I'll be realizing about myself over time and all of the good things that are bound to happen and connections and it's just a blessing. I got a new job and I also got another new job at a serving place and I start the training next week. So many new friendships, so many new connections and it's amazing when you've cut yourself off from such a toxic press or environment what gets brought into your process. It's amazing and I'm super 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 excited and also a little scared and nervous to learn how to be alone and to love to be alone and I think that's the first step of many first steps into finding out who you are. I really appreciate you all for listening today. Um, Again, I'm Natalie Malloy and this is my podcast called Talking About the Taboo. I will be back in time when I have time. School is almost over. So I'll have lots of time to record many episodes and we'll continue to talk about the taboo. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and this one's going to be called my turn. Thank you.